0: You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, Episode 9. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks, Megan here, and before we begin, I'd like to give a special shout out to Amrita Bars and Bites. Amrita is a high protein, plant-based, great allergen-free snack that began in 2012. They offer over nine flavors of bars and six flavors of bites, which are absolutely delicious, and they're made from dates and all-natural ingredients. You can check out Amrita Bars at amritahealthfoods.com. You can also stay tuned for a review coming up on our website soon. And if you'd like, you can even get a special discount code, just go ahead and send us an email or DM us on Instagram for that. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's-level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hi, welcome to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. Today we have with us Maggie Head. Welcome, Maggie. Hello. Hi.
1: Maggie, we're so, so happy to have you here.
2: Thank you for having me. I feel so honored. I feel just, wow, thank you.
1: (laughs) All right, so let's welcome Maggie to the podcast. Maggie is a 23-year-old graduate student who grew up in the California Bay Area During this time, Maggie played a lot of sports, but her first love was soccer, which she played for 13 years. Maggie previously had an eating disorder and focuses much of her time on visiting high schools and universities to give talks about research and myths surrounding eating disorders. As a very proud feminist, um, breakfast food fanatic, and a lover of Harry Potter books, we would like to welcome Maggie to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it's always so weird when someone like kind of reads the introduction about you, isn't it?
2: It's very strange. It's very strange. It felt weirder writing things about myself, like trying to come up with like what describes me. I'm like, I I don't know. I there's a lot of things I really like, and that's pretty much it.
1: No, it's awesome, and I love that you included um, Harry Potter books and loving to read in general. I'm totally right there with you. I have so many good memories of those books. Oh, my gosh. um,
2: Oh, my gosh, yes. I love, I am definitely a reading nerd, so, uh, well, actually, I'm just kind of a nerd in all forms, but I love books.
1: Yeah, my favorite emoji is the one with the, um, like, nerdy sunglasses or the nerdy glasses. I use that all the time to describe myself like with the little kids I work with, I'm like, I'm the little nerd, like emoji that you always see. And they're like, that's so funny. You're so weird. (laughs) Anyways. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) I love that one too. And uh, so we're going to kind of jump right into our first question that we ask all of our guests. And Maggie, how did you first get your start in in running?
2: Um, so I, I, I am a late blooming runner, you could say. I didn't start running until I was 19. Um, I ran a little bit off and on during high school and I guess the beginning of college, but I primarily just ran because it was soccer conditioning. Um, I never really thought anything of it I actually when people talked about cross-country in high school I was really confused I had no idea that it was a sport um I thought it was something that people did for their other sports um and I was like well I have no interest in doing that because there's no soccer ball involved so I'm not gonna do that um and so I just kind of grew up thinking that cross-country track and field like were crazy. I didn't have any kind of relationship with them. Um, But uh, after I went to treatment for my eating disorder and I finished treatment and was doing really well in my recovery, I really wanted to exercise again, but I wanted to exercise in a way that made me feel powerful and that made me feel a lot more connected to myself because exercise had really taken a turn for the worst during my eating disorder and I had no desire to go back to that and I wanted to make sure that my recovery came first and that my health came first um and for some reason I just couldn't get running out of my mind like when I pictured myself as like healthy and happy and just like the best version of myself running felt okay um so I guess just like in terms of forced Gump, I just felt like running. Um, and so one day I decided to try it and I did. And I really, really liked it. Um, and it was just kind of something that I really almost felt like I was coming home to myself. Like I just mm-hmm. felt okay. Which during this time, being okay was not something that was really well known to me. And so to find something that made me feel that way was such a cool feeling. Um, This just turned into a total rant now at this point. But basically, that is how I got my start in running. It was a very (laughs) late start. Um, And then I just kind of like crashed into it, I guess you could say, and became super
0: duper involved. Um, So, yeah. That's awesome. That is what podcasts are for, is telling your story. (laughs) So, thank you. sharing
1: that Um, yeah you mentioned really quickly um so you went from a team sport to an individual sport and you said you kind of found yourself a little bit through running well quite a bit it sounds like through running would you mind explaining maybe your how how running being an individual sport um was able to help you through your recovery or in in terms of maybe um a team sport atmosphere
2: yeah absolutely so um coming from a a team background. It was very strange to me to to begin running and have it be something that was so solitary, but that was actually something that was really enjoyable. Um, I definitely had a much harder time just being with myself in general at that point in my life. And so mm-hmm. being able to kind of really take this time for myself and be okay with it was a big deal to me. And then the more involved I got in running, the more I realized how much of a team sport it really is. Um, Again, like, I had no idea that cross country was cross country team, like I didn't know you competed as a team, Um, made no sense to me whatsoever. But the more involved that I got, um, the more I realized that like, you could be on a running team and that you could actually meet people through running such as lovely ladies as yourself. Um, And so I really liked that aspect. I kind of just like almost did like a bell curve where I went back to kind of this team atmosphere and that has become increasingly important to me just because I have discovered that running people are basically my favorite people. Like no offense to everybody else out there, but running people are just great people and they've got wonderful outlooks on life and are just wonderful human beings. And so I've really tried to kind of integrate myself into that and find a way to kind of be a part of a team. But like, it's so cool to be able to have my own individual goals Mm. and like really chase those goals, but also be supporting others who have their own goals. Um, And they could be completely different um, or they could be the same, but I don't feel like I'm competing against anybody. Like, I don't feel like I'm trying to put anyone down, which is really important. and I think that gets lost in a lot of sport atmospheres. Um, and I think that running is a really great opportunity um, to really basically be a Shalane Flanagan, where you're not just empowering yourself, but you're empowering other women or men um, around you. And just I think that kind of dynamic is unlike any other sport dynamic I've ever seen, um, and so I just—that's I, one of the things I love the most about it, really.
1: Mm. I'm like speechless. <laughs> yeah, there was so much to that. Sorry, that, um, <laughs> that you will no. talk for oh hours. My gosh. Do not apologize whatsoever. I think you hit no the apologize. nail on. Sorry, yeah. Oh my gosh, you hit the hit hit the nail on so many yeah. like really valuable topics in there that we could almost just stop the podcast here because like everything you said was just so so powerful in terms of the running community but also how that weaves into being an individual in the running community so that was great
0: i'm glad glad i'm helping in some way <laughs> absolutely um one thing i really got from that too well this sounds so you know juvenile but there's no losing you can't lose like you don't go out and run a race and lose a race right yeah I mean you can win a race but I feel like it's kind of every woman or man for themselves and um but in a good way it's like a freeing way versus a game you know a soccer game it's either you win or you lose
2: absolutely yeah it's it's like the fact I mean you go out there And you try your hardest and I think in running that's something that's like when you do try your hardest you have something you feel good about. Um, If you go out there in a soccer game and you try your hardest and you lose it basically takes away everything. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that you made a really good pass halfway through the game that really was like awesome and really like connected with the player. It doesn't matter (laughs) because you lost. And so it just feels like it erases all of your work, whereas, like, running, like, it's not about, at least in my opinion, it's not about the results. Like, I love, like, who doesn't love winning? Who doesn't love getting a PR? But, like, my favorite part of running is training, or just the daily, like, just a, a run. Like, that's my favorite part. Like, not racing, not winning. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those are great. i love to do more of that. But at the end of the day, that's not what matters. Um, and that's not mm-hmm. what feels the best to me. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead, Meg. Oh, I'm
0: just going to say that, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people can get caught up in even runners and just the res- focusing on results or the races and their outcomes and not enjoying the process. So kind of going off of that, what advice do you have? Like, how did you learn to appreciate the process?
2: Um, I think I had a very unique perspective in the fact that I didn't know racing was a thing coming into running. So I started running because I enjoyed the process. That was why I started. Um, it was the sheer point of training um, and just the daily running that was what I enjoyed. And I think that a lot of people who come from competitive backgrounds, who get so caught up in the future, who get so caught up in racing, what ends up happening is you don't appreciate what you're doing and what you're capable of at that moment. And maybe it's not something that's completely astounding compared to what you have done, but you don't have to see it that way. Like, you have the power to really acknowledge your abilities and maybe it wasn't what it used to be and that's fine um and maybe you're not where you want to be yet and that's fine too I just think that it's so important for people to remember why you started um because we all started running for a reason and I can guarantee you that like whatever age you were you didn't like go to your first practice being like I want to like qualify for the Boston Marathon or or get first place like that's not why you showed up Uh, maybe like your friend got you to show up to practice maybe you just wanted another sport and for some reason you really liked it and I just hope that people can remember that moment remember that feeling like what was it What was it that drew you to running in the first place? And go back to that. Like, have the courage to go back to that place instead of, like, trying to force yourself to be the best. Have the courage to go back in time. Like, let yourself be a child. Like, I know I started running when I was 19, but I still had the same feeling as though I was, like, five years old and, like, running around on the playground. Like, that was the feeling. And I just wish that more people would allow themselves to to be a child and not put so much pressure on themselves just let themselves be um and I think once you do that running's going to go back to kind of feeling
0: free again at least I would hope so wow yeah, there is so much to that and thank you again
1: Yeah. Um, It's funny you say that because, um, since moving to Colorado, um, I've had like a little bit of a transition period of like running and like, um, I'm fortunate enough where I will be running the Boston marathon in the spring, but I am currently running the slowest I've ever run in my entire life. And I'm currently running the least mileage I've ever run in my entire life. But you know what? I'm the happiest running right now because I think it's just going back to like, uh, you know, the Boston Marathon could come in April and I may not even run it. And that's totally fine because I'm on this new adventure where, you know, I get to, you know, help people for six hours a day out on the mountain skiing. Like that doesn't happen often. But your words really spoke to me because it was. I literally just had a mental shift of being like, so what if I only run like really slow or, you know, I run, um, very little miles. It's the matter of just getting out there and being in fresh air and enjoying it. That's why I started because I got to be connected with mother nature again, you know? Um, so thank you so much for saying that Maggie, because I really got a lot from that.
2: I'm, I'm glad. I think that unfortunately, you know, when you grow up in a competitive environment, you have a lot of outside pressure as well. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, us as runners, we're so determined. And when you have coaches telling you what to do, and telling you, um, like what they want you to achieve, and you're in that team atmosphere, so everybody wants to win. um, I think, yeah, you just you forget And eventually that just becomes something that becomes part of your nature. And so then everything is about, you know, wanting to qualify, wanting to race. Um, And so then nothing's ever good enough um, because you have this constant pressure on yourself. Um, And that's just heartbreaking because you don't need to do that. Like, that's not the point of running. Um, And I just hope that, you know more people would, would realize that, that running is something that should be adding to your life, not taking away from it, really.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, Maggie. And right now you're also really speaking to the post that you wrote for strong runner chicks. You don't have to be the perfect runner, which I think was an amazing post with the same kind of message. So, um, Going off of that a little bit, you've talked about um, this idea of being a real runner. Why do you think that this is an important topic to bring forward? And you've kind of spoken to this, but even more so.
2: Yeah, um, I, a lot of like, you know, a lot of the stuff that I write and stuff that I think about is the result of things that I experience and things that I see other people experiencing, other runners. Um, And the need to be the perfect runner was something that I struggled with for a long time. Um, You know, like I said, when when I started running, my goal was always put your recovery first, put your health first. And this has to be whatever you do, it has to add to it. It it can't be something that's subtracting. And like I said, I I dove headfirst into running. So of course, you know, like so many other runners, you want to read everything about running, you want to talk about running, you want to just do everything you can that has to do with running. And when I started doing that, all of the stuff that I was faced with were things that were just Oh my god! I was like so much pressure. Like, like these guidelines that you had to meet. Um, like, there so many foods you needed to avoid. Um, so many styles or diets that you had to go on. Um, like, what shoes you were supposed to wear versus what shoes you were not supposed to wear. Um, what your weekly training schedule was supposed to look like. Like, you're supposed to have like a tempo and a long run. <laughs> and then but don't forget your easy runs cuz those are the most important but apparently also speed work is the most important also distance is the most important and it was just like oh my god I, like all of a sudden i was just like i like i found myself just feeling so inadequate especially being like late blooming i was just like you know okay i didn't even know cross country was a sport I didn't know anything about running. Like am I can I even call myself a runner at this point? I don't know any of this. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't avoid those foods like I'm I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. And for some reason, I just like it took me a long time to realize that maybe that the issue wasn't that I wasn't one of them. It was this there, this idea that there was a them that you had to be. Um, and so I wrote that post basically just because I wanted to kind of throw myself out there as an example of somebody like somebody who I needed to see when I started this process. I really wanted, and like, that's kind of my goal is to be that person. Um, because you don't have to be perfect. Like, you just, you don't. Like, if you get out there and you are moving faster than walking pace for, like, 10 seconds, congratulations, you have done it. You are a runner. Um, and I, I just hope that people realize that um, because you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to have a certain, like, t- style You don't have to eat a certain way to be a runner. Like if you love it, if you, if you're, if you want to call yourself a runner, if you do run, you've met the, all the criteria. There's no, there's no body type. There's no like prerequisites for being a runner. And I think the idea that you do have to be perfect stops a lot of people from running and it stops a lot of people from enjoying running. That's for certain. Um, And I, I, I don't know. I hope to change that really.
0: You already are. So it, I mean, you really are just by speaking that truth and um, sharing that with so many people, I can tell that you're a, Maggie is also a public speaker, and you go around and talk um, more about eating disorder recovery, correct?
2: Uh, yes, still, yes, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I talk a lot about research and like myths surrounding. It's very similar, um, actually, just trying <laughs> to be honest instead of uh, kind mm-hmm. of like a myth buster, so to speak, as to, mm-hmm. to what the reality is.
0: Real talk, right?
2: Yes, real talk, right definitely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, I like, I just absolutely love what you said. I think at the end of that statement, um, because it reminds me of like you said earlier on the podcast as well, like almost going back in time to when we were a little kid and remember when you were a little kid and like you ran around the playground and you're like, I'm a runner because I just ran around that playground, you know, it's the same thing nowadays, you know, and people forget that. And people forget that. Like, like you said, Maggie, if they don't look a certain way or they don't eat a certain way, well, I'm not a runner or I can only run for a minute. I'm not a runner. But you're still running. So, yes, you are still a runner. So I think you absolutely speak to the point, Maggie, of if you lace your shoes up and you go out there for a 15-second jog, that's still running. Like, you still need to give yourself a pat on the back there, my friend, because you're getting out there compared to all the other people who won't give it a try because they're too nervous. So I think if we can, like, abolish that stigma, like you just said, I mean, I can only imagine how far – you know, running is going to go and how big it's going to get, how much bigger it's going to get. It's already gotten bigger. Um, yeah. So I, I really think that we need more people like you to, to real talk about this because it's so powerful.
2: I'm happy to real talk about it at any time. <laughs> but, um, and I think that, you know, you know, something you were saying really spoke to me, like you got out there and it was, it was just for a minute. I just, I also want to like, reiterate the point to all of my fellow injured runners out there that Mm -hmm. being a runner is a state (laughs) it is um a part of who you are if you want to identify that way it doesn't get taken away from you and I think that people who are injured suddenly are faced with the fact I'm not getting out there you know I'm not like Maybe I'm cross-training, maybe I'm not. Um, Maybe I can't even walk. Like, who am I? Am I, can I still call myself a runner? Or, like, you don't know when you're going to get better. Um, You don't have an end point. And um, I think it's really important for runners who are injured to remind themselves that they still are and that they will be for the rest of their lives. And there is not a single injury that is going to take that away from them, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I just that's something that I'm also really like. I just really hope that people realize that because I know I struggled with that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and one thing you said there, I'm just—we're just, just going to keep going back and forth here. But one thing you said there was, you choose the state that you're in. So it's a choice of rather of of saying I am a runner or today I'm going to identify or in this 15 minutes, I'm going to identify as a runner. It's not my whole being because I'm not going to choose to let it be my whole being, but I'm going to choose for this 15 minutes or this hour run or this marathon or this 5K distance or this one minute jog to choose to be a runner because I think that's going to empower me today. And if more people said that. I just think that more people would be welcomed into this community and feel like they can be a part of this, but that goes, you know, into other areas of life, you know, on this test, on this day, in this class, I'm going to choose to be an academic because this is what I feel really passionate about in this moment in time. Or, you know, um, I mentioned in your introduction that you are a self-proclaimed feminist. I am as well. And I can remember on, um, like marching in Boston and that huge, um, feminist you know protests that I went to on that day I chose to be more of a feminist than I ever had been before so it's these states of being where we get to choose who we are and how empowering is that that we get to say I am this person today because I want to be like that's really cool
2: I think yeah I think that's empowering in all walks of life to be able to choose who you want to be I I think we're so used to kind of just being pulled around and and being told Mm -hmm. who we are
1: um Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, it's just kind of the nature of things, you, especially, God, and in, you, in your teens and your 20s, and you're trying <laughs> to figure out who you are, and then you don't know who you are, so you just try to be like everybody else. Yeah. Being able to take something into your own hands, whether it's it's being a feminist, being a runner, like having, like knowing that you get to choose that. You get to choose that. You get to decide that. Like, you can sit down today and, like, I know it's not this simple. Trust me. I, I I spent a long time figuring this out. But you can sit down at the end of the day and be like, I suck. Like, you can literally choose to be like, <laughs> wow, I'm, like, terrible. Like, I got this paper back and it's literally just red. There, I don't even think there's anything I've written on it anymore. And you can look at that and be like, I suck. Or you could just be like, you know what, I'm learning. And I think just like the, the simple act of, of reframing it that way, um, no matter what the domain is, can be so empowering. And I just like, yeah, I, I, I don't like to hear people beating themselves up over things about anything, really. Um, because you just, you, you don't have to. And I think most of the time people beat themselves up over things is because they're not like somebody else. We're not as good as somebody else. And that's where that comes from. And it's like, well, guess what? You're the best at being you. So go decide what you want that to be. Congratulations. You've already aced it. You've already aced it. And you're the best. So take pride in that. Like, it's okay. That's
0: a good thing. And I love that point you touched on there about, like, not using others as your measuring stick because I think a lot of us just look around and we're like, well, you know, she's got this thing going and uh, just using other people as our measuring stick. And especially from our eye, it looks like, oh, they're perfect. They've got it all, which is never the case. Or we just don't know how much work went into that or how much uh, someone's been struggling before, you know, they finally had a breakthrough race. Like there are so many factors.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, what I think it was Eight months prior to Shalane winning, she had the fracture. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, like, yeah, I she earned it. Nothing like, like you have no idea happened. what that what that struggle yeah. was like, and 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 there's so many, and that injury did not take it away from her. It did not take away from the fact that she was a runner, um, and we can look at her and be like, "Oh, I'm not good enough because I can't," you know run a sub 230 marathon but that's you know what that makes absolutely no sense like if you're working on yourself and you're just trying to be the best human and the best you that you can be that's that's great that's the only measuring stick you need and I'm I'm not about measurements whatsoever but if you're gonna use one use that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that um, I'm so curious now, so this has really piqued my interest. Uh, we know you're studying at the University of Western Ontario, and that is in what part of Canada?
2: <laughs> uh, at Eastern Canada. I'm near Toronto, okay. I guess would be the closest okay, landmark.
0: So if you're listening now wondering if you can meet Maggie, I'm sure in Toronto you could arrange that. Yes. Um, what are you studying and why did you choose to pursue this path that you're on now?
2: So, I am getting my master's and PhD in psychology, um, and I specialize in eating disorders, eating disorder treatment, body image, and recently I've been studying the development of eating disorders in female athletes. Um, A lot of this (laughs) probably is pretty clear, (laughs) like why I I am so interested in it, um, because of my own experiences, but. The reason that I, like, I really wanted to go down this path is, like, everybody that I've met along my journey in recovery, in in treatment, in running, there are so many people whose stories are not being told, and there's so many people that are facing these struggles and feel like they're facing these struggles alone, and they just shouldn't be facing these struggles in the first place. I mean, I, yeah, I met girls that were so young. And it just broke my heart. Um, and so I, I wanted to change that. And when I talked to a lot of people that were in the same um, situation I was, they kept saying, like, I don't feel like, you know, doctors, clinicians, whoever it was, like, they're not listening to me, they don't understand me. And I just was like, that was mind blowing to me. And so um, I wanted to do something about that because like, that's not right. Like treatment should be to help people. Um, And so I uh, wanted to find a way to make sure that they were being heard. Um, and make sure that the research that was out there and the information that doctors were getting was accurate and really reflecting these experiences. Um, And I discovered research about halfway through my undergraduate career And figured out that it was an avenue that I could make these changes happen, a way to inform clinicians and a way to actually help people. Um, Because I I knew I didn't want to be a therapist. I really, I'd like, I love supporting people, but I did not want to be a therapist. Um, And so I figured out that research was really a path that I could make lasting changes in this field um, and hopefully get some voices out there that otherwise would still be silenced.
1: So you just spoke a little bit about your research. I'm wondering if you could tell us maybe a little bit more in depth of what you're researching or what you're finding, or maybe like some of the most important or surprising things you've learned through the research.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, a lot of my research, in the past has focused on like the framing of health messages um, and their impact on body image, you know, so looking at movements like Fitspiration and clean eating, um, there's a lot of research already out there. Um, and I've done some of it myself and just seeing how that impacts self-perceptions, which can, you know, again, talking about comparisons and, and feeling not good enough, you know, that can have a huge, huge impact. Um, but, you know, more recently, my research has been focusing on, again, the development of eating disorders in female athletes and kind of just looking at, you know, the sports context. You know, I've talked so much about how positive sports has been in my life, but there is a dark side. And... Um, It's a dark side that there isn't a lot of knowledge about. And so that's kind of where my research has been focusing lately, is trying to really understand those dynamics and also understand how they can contribute to disordered eating. Because I think so many people, you know, when we think eating disorder, we think, you know, okay, media, um, magazine pictures, um, you know, thinness. All these different things come to mind as to what causes them. And I think there's a lot of athletes that probably maybe did not really like it's not in their experience where those were primary issues for their eating disorder development. And so I really want to help athletes that don't have that kind of um, onset that, you know, there's something else going on. I I, basically I want to find out what's going on. Um, So that way, if I can identify it you know, we can then move to a place of intervention um, and hopefully stop it from happening and and really make sure that sports continues to be an empowering experience, not something
0: that's negative. That is so empowering. I think Um, just from that perspective, it's like a whole, it's just refreshing to listen to you talk and you know, there's people out there that don't understand it. And I think you really speak to the people that are struggling. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think you're going to be really important in the lives of those athletes who are going through those, you need to recoveries because like you said, there are doctors and nurses and, you know, um, therapists and nutritionists, they're not going to know what it's like to be an athlete and go through that. They have no idea. So for you to come as an athlete who has been through an eating disorder and then, you know, almost help these athletes give them their voice. Oh my gosh, how powerful is that going to be? How empowering is that going to be? Like we were saying earlier, and like you just said, so I can, I can imagine that what you're doing in the research and that little nugget or a few nuggets that you're hoping to find, um, are the reasons why these athletes are struggling, that's going to be pretty profound when that happens. I mean, when we, when you, excuse me, when you figure out that or when you and your team figure that out, like, like imagine how many lives are going to be changed and imagine how maybe even therapy is going to change moving forward for just athletes or even moving that therapy into with, um, non-athlete populations, like that's going to be really, really interesting. I, I'm going to yeah. have to follow your research, my <laughs> friend.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I absolutely love what I do and, um, obviously it has a lot of deep meaning for me and I, I hope it has a lot of deep meaning for others as well. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to work with, um, a wonderful advisor here, Dr. Rachel Caligero, who she just, she really cares um and she also wants to make a difference and she's already made such a profound difference in this field and in the lives of people who are recovering um and you know i think there is such a lack of understanding that it it's almost like we don't want to go there um and mm-hmm. clinicians and it's it's so complicated And it's hard. It's hard to face those facts. It's hard to delve into that. And I think it's easier to just avoid it. And so a lot of times in eating disorder treatment and recovery, what we see is just exercise is bad. You're not allowed to exercise. um, You know, because you had a problem, you just you stop. And I'm like, really? Like what other illnesses or issues do people face by just avoidance? That doesn't seem like the answer um and it also can be i think it can be very harmful to just like say you're a runner and you know you go to treatment and you're just sitting there and you have all these doctors telling you sorry we're taking that away from you you don't get to be a runner anymore Um, instead of like giving you the choice and giving you the chance to discover what health means to you And what Mm. healthy running or whatever exercise, maybe running just is not healthy for you, so you find something else. Or maybe for you, no exercise is best. It's going to be different for every person. And I think right now, a lot of treatment is just kind of taking a one-size-fits-all approach, um, which is just terrible, considering how eating disorders develop in the first place. Mm. Um, And it just, I hope that we can kind of like, I don't know, have the strength to actually go a little bit deeper instead of just combining everybody into one category um, and letting people get thrown under the bus um, and not really getting them what they need. Um, So yeah, I hope to change that.
1: And don't you find that when you dig a little deeper into those really touchy subjects, that's when things change. That's when things are like making a difference in someone's life. You have to dig deeper into those really hard spots, those spots that you don't want to talk about and you don't feel like talking about. But once you do it, I mean, that's when things are going to change for that person. That's when things are going to be, there. a difference is going to be made in their life. So I think you um, are doing if I can, with my lack of knowledge here, but with, I think you're doing the right thing in bringing up those topics that we don't want to talk about because those are the ones that are going to change people's lives.
2: I, I hope so. And I just like, I, I know it can be really hard. I mean, I, I really do know, like it's, it's taken me years. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm 23 now. So it's taken me years to really, you know, come to terms with all of this and, and like put it into practice for myself took so long um and I I think that you know but once you do like you're saying I mean you can watch your life transform when you have the courage to actually work on things um instead of just avoid them um and like I don't blame anyone I avoided for years, um, and I understand, and I like I understand where doctors are coming from. I understand where parents are coming from. I know that's really hard to face, um, but I just wish that you know, again, that people had more courage to 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 face it. Um, stop, you know, looking at a, um magazines looking at movies and and celebrities and being like, there's the problem, you know, honestly, take a look in the mirror, really, what's really going on? Um, Because there's going to be something a lot deeper than that.
1: Mm hmm. Well, oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like we've gotten so deep into this episode and I I'm love sorry. it. Oh my gosh. Oh my I feel gosh. like
0: questions seem so surface level. Now I just, you know, I, I can't do
2: shallow. I like, I'm either like, I go all, like I said, like whenever I approach anything in my life, it's like the same thing with running. It's just like crash, like completely <laughs> it. do all of it or like, don't touch it. That's basically me.
1: I'm like obsessed with this episode right now because it's so real and raw and like this is the stuff that really needs to be talked about in this community and just in the world in general so I'm so happy that we're getting so in depth with this it's wonderful
2: I'm happy to honestly like and that's the reason why I wanted to be a strong runner chicks ambassador is I I just if there's anything I want to be at the end of the day I want to be honest Um, and I want to be open about who I am, what I've experienced, what other people are experiencing, because I don't want other people to be looking at me and comparing themselves to me thinking like, oh my God, she's perfect. And I'm, you know, I don't want to put on that persona. Um, I just, I want to be honest at the end of the day and, um, I hope that, you know, that will help people um, just being a little bit more transparent in this community um, about our struggles and, and what's, again, what's really happening and what we really want to talk about.
0: Yeah. yeah. There is so much there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Kelsey, do we want to go ahead and finish up with our, our last question we ask all our guests?
1: Yeah, for sure. I okay. hate, to, I feel like we just like left a cliffhanger right there because like we were on the roll there, but we oh, also don't want yeah. to hold like too much, um, hold you too much, um, there my friend Maggie, but, um, we want to ask you as we ask all of our, um, guests, what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Oh my goodness. You
2: know? I just would like to preface this with saying what being a strong runner chick means to me may be different than what being a strong runner chick means to anyone else. And that's okay. Um, But to me, what it means is like, not choosing between health and happiness, that, you know, you can have both. And you know, I think when people think about balance in their lives, they think about it on a whole. And I don't like to think about it that way. For me, balance is an everyday thing. What can I do today that feels balanced? So, like, I eat vegetables almost every day, but I also eat cookies every day. Like, I don't, and I'm not talking like this is over the long term where it's like, you know, oh, you know, I treat myself every once in a while. No, I treat myself every day. Like, that is what is best for me, and that's okay. It's not going to hurt you. It's not hurting me by any means. Um, And I think being a strong runner chick is being honest with yourself, Um, having a full stomach and a full heart at the same time, not just focusing on the outcomes, but just knowing yourself, like, honoring yourself, um and and teaching others to do the same you know you can do all of the training that you want and you can you know work yourself to death but you know what being strong is 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 what being empowered is for each person and so as long as you're chasing that and being honest with yourself about about what that is um then I I think you've achieved it. Um, And again, you should be proud of that. I think everybody should be proud of that. Um, And if you know what the healthiest decision is for you and the strongest decision is for you and you follow it, then you're doing great. And you know what? Sometimes you won't. You're gonna, you will fuck up, excuse me, but like you will. And like maybe you didn't make a healthy decision today. That's okay too. It doesn't mean anything. Just being a strong runner chick is letting yourself being free. That is the whole point of running is you're you're supposed to feel free. So if you're not, if you don't feel that way about running or the life that you're living um, surrounding running, then you're doing something wrong. Like you shouldn't feel restricted in any aspect. Um, And I think that's what being a strong runner chick is, at least for me.
0: You put that beautifully. Thank you. That was really great.
2: (laughs) I I feel like I just like ramble for a really long time. So hopefully (laughs) it makes sense to some people. If not, they can just cut me off and go back to whatever they were doing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh it does it makes total sense um our final question is just how can listeners connect with you and my question is how can we book you for a speaking engagement for <laughs> listeners if they hear you they're like we gotta get this girl I gotta get this girl coming and talking to my team or
2: um, my yeah no I'd love to talk to teams um and I'd love to talk at any schools or any, like, clubs, anything like that. Um, getting in touch with me is is pretty easy. Um, you know, I have a blog, which is embracingwild.tumblr.com, um, So that's a really easy way. And that's also a way that you can connect with me if you um, are a little bit shy and want to be a little bit more anonymous, but have something that you need to say or something you need help with. Um, But as far as like actually personally connecting with me, people can... um, go to the Strong Runner Chicks website. You'll find my email under any of the posts that I've written, um, and you can contact me that way, and I'm happy to go anywhere (laughs) um, to talk to people or just talk to people over email. And um, like I said, this community is fantastic, um, especially when we're empowering other people. So the more that I get involved and the more that I talk to people, the happier I am. So...
0: That's great to hear. <laughs> and um, yeah, so reader or er, listeners can go online. Um, again, like we said, on your Tumblr, on your Instagram page. right? Yes. You're yes. Yeah. What's your handle?
2: Um, I believe it is at Maggie Mags. And at the end of Maggie, I... there's either two or three E's. That's kind of my <laughs> handle for anything. But for some God unknown reason, I did not keep it consistent. So it's either two E's or three E's. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Funny. Um, But I, I post
0: a lot. So you, you will find me. Um, yeah.
1: Kelsey, do you have anything else? Or oh, man. um, I have so much else I'd like to say. But I think, um, Maggie, I just really enjoyed speaking with you tonight. I think it was pretty powerful, if maybe that's the word I can use, and I don't want that to sound cliche, but it's, there aren't many people in this world who will speak honestly and openly um, and truthfully about touchy and hard subjects like you do, but not only do they, not only that, but you speak about it with passion and um, a conviction where I mean, it's it's kind of remarkable to have that combination of being sensitive enough to understand where other people are coming from, but also this passion and drive to make a change in their life. So, um, thank you for that, and thank you for being you. Um, I just want to let you know I appreciate you quite a bit. Um, I think it was amazing to have you on tonight, um, and. I really appreciate it. So
2: thank you. Um, Thank you so much for inviting me. Like I said, I feel very humbled and honored to be on here. And I hope I I didn't ramble too much. Um, Never. But uh, yeah, I I really appreciate it. And I'm just so grateful for everybody in the Strong Runner Chicks community um, and all the listeners. And I hope that everybody goes out there and enjoys a fabulous run and also eats a cookie on my behalf.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you again, Strong Runner Chicks, for listening to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. Um, that's all we got for you. We're signing off.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.